could hear me, but you couldn't. <laughs> I said, Granddaddy heard me, but you didn't. <laughs> you still not hear me. <laughs> Sit I'm back here hollering at you. Granddaddy heard me, but you didn't. There, your mic's right there. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody this morning? Beautiful, bright, sunshine morning, correct? Beautiful. Gorgeous yesterday, a little cool this morning, but hey, God is good all the time, all the time. I just had a couple, three or four announcements, five or six, eight, nine, ten, I don't know, but we've got quite a few. The uh, first thing I want to get out of the way, um, we had a board meeting with our pulpit committee, also the board members. We uh, had three candidates that we were looking at. We finally narrowed it down to one. And this next Sunday, the 19th, I encourage you to be here. He will be here speaking Sunday morning 
After Sunday morning service, we will go back to the fellowship hall. We will have uh, sandwiches, chips, dips, um, desserts, if you bring them. And uh, then we'll have a meet and greet after, after that, all right? Then he will also do a Sunday night service, and then we will vote on this candidate Sunday night, next Sunday night, okay? I encourage everyone to continue to pray that God's will is in control here. And I know he is. I know he is. Um, and please reach out to everyone, everyone that you can think of, whether they're able to vote or not able to vote, we still want them here to hear God's word. And so please keep us in your prayer this next week. And um, like I say, this next Sunday, please. I know it's spring break, but that's going to be towards the end of spring break. So um, it should work out without any problem. Okay, Wednesday night, during, since it's spring break, there will be no youth. So please pass that on. No one show up on Wednesday night. Uh, next Sunday. We're in desperate need. Miss Kim will not be in Children's Church next, uh, uh, this next Sunday. They're going to be out of town. We need somebody to volunteer, a warm body, to be back there with the children. Now, by saying that, if it takes two, the, whoever goes back there, they can scream for help, and we'll come running, okay? But we, still, we need somebody to fill in for that if we could. March the 18th at 8.30, Next Saturday, there will be the men's breakfast, okay? April the 1st, 8.30, um, they're going to have the men's Bible study in the fellowship hall. Both of these are in the fellowship hall. Um, heart to heart, ladies, March the 21st at 6, uh, 6 o'clock with guests Tony and Leanne Hart are going to be speaking. I'm going to say the ladies, am I right or wrong? Tanya, I'm sorry, duh. Um, I was thinking Tony, I guess, but Tanya. Anyway, I, I've heard so much positive things from my wife about Heart to Heart, and this is wonderful. And, you know, we had a board meeting or um, had a Zoom meeting uh, with some of those candidates, and we could hear those ladies back there screaming, hooping, and hollering, and God was working. God was working. It was speaking through them, so... Um, man, I, I, I'm just fired up about it, and I'm not even a lady, but I'm telling you, it's pretty, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good, nice to, to see something like that taking place. Um, back on the candidate for uh, preaching Sunday night service for the, some of the ladies or anybody that doesn't feel comfortable driving Sunday night, we'll have a sign-up sheet in the back in the foyer area to where you could sign your name, and we'll make a point to go by and pick you up and take you home. So no excuse for Sunday night. Please be here. Um, the, we've had a funeral service. I wanted to announce uh, it's, um, oh my goodness, Helen, is that correct? Helen Armstrong has passed away. The funeral being the First Baptist, or at First Baptist Church in Marietta at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Now, that's James Armstrong's mother, okay? 
Anything else that I've missed or somebody else got an announcement? Uh, one other thing, I was looking over at Brother Ron. We're still needing help, or Ron, Brother Ron's needing help with a security team. So if you feel like you can be back there and help out, um, it's, it's real important to do that. Again, keep us in prayer this week. I know we've been praying hard for our pastor uh, Pastor Gary has done an outstanding job filling in, and, and uh, we're going to keep a tight leash on him so uh, <laughs> he can run, but he can't hide, okay? But uh, let's get Julie up here, and let's move forward. Okay. Y'all get up. We're going to praise. We're going to do some worship. Father, we're going to welcome you into this house, God. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship your holy name, Father. We pray that you just have your way in this service. Just move in a mighty way, God. Show yourself big to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Are y'all ready? Yes. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. settles around us. It is a love that sets our hearts ablaze. Let's sing that again. There is a light. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us.
Fresh fire. 
fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Yes, Lord. Oh, we want to burn for you, Lord. We want to burn for you, Lord. Go ahead, Dennis. to the ceiling, Father. Don't leave anyone out, God. May we all feel your presence in this place, God, whether it comes with peace, with joy. Father, let us be a sacrifice this morning to you, God. As we humble ourselves at your feet, Lord, just move. Just move, God. Chasing after us, 
just keep playing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I need my children this morning to be seeking for the gift of my spirit. Because people are going to be coming in who have known nothing but this world. Thank you, Lord.
Grant it, Father. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you would, congregation, let me take your mind to John. In John chapter 12, if you remember with me, uh, Jesus and the disciples go up into a, a room and, and they observe what we remember as the Last Supper. If you remember with me, just before they enter into this time together, that Judas leaves, he goes to betray Christ. And then all of us that are Bible students, we know that John chapter 14, 15, and 16, Judas is gone. The focus of the teaching is the work of the Holy Spirit. And this church needs the work of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Thank God for the message in tongues. Thank God for the interpretation. But along with that teaching of the Holy Spirit, Jesus gives, I think, personally, one of his greatest challenges and probably one of his greatest promises. It's kind of a challenge that's covered with a promise. And the challenge is this. He said, these things that I've done and greater will you do because I go to the Father. Now, I see that as two things. I see that as a tremendous challenge. That's a challenge. Anybody say amen? Because Jesus did some great things. You know, if you're raising the dead, that's pretty big. You know, Lazarus, the widow of Nan in Luke chapter 4. You know, there's two recorded John, the last verse of John, the gospel tells us that, man, not all the things that Jesus did was recorded. So was there other miracles of raising people from the dead? I, I'd say probably yes. But I, I don't believe that the greater things is magnitude. And the reason I say that is, how can you get bigger than raising the dead? Are you with me? That's pretty big. What I believe the greater is, is multitude, the number. Because see, Jesus was confined to one place at a time. He was in body form. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And again, that's crazy. How in the world can it be better for us that Jesus leaves? Because he said, if I go away, I'll send the Comforter, I'll send the Holy Spirit, that he will not only be with you, but he will dwell within you. Now think with me and understand this. The magnitude of these things and greater is this. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is over in Ardmore. The Holy Spirit is up in Yukon. Holy Spirit's over in Oklahoma City. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent everywhere all the time. Can anybody say amen? That tells me that my God is, wow, that's pretty big. And these things and greater will you do because I'm going to the Father. But notice with me, the first thing he does when he gets to the Father is what? Send the comforter. He says, it's it's expedient to you that I go away because then I'm going to send him. And so let me tell you, the Holy Spirit has come. The Holy Spirit is here. But let me, the great thing about the magnitude of the Holy Spirit is he's not just here. 
He's over in Oklahoma City. He's over in Tulsa. He's over in Chickasha. Of course, my mind goes to churches that I've been a part of. He's over in Yukon, where my son-in-law and daughter are right now, my five grandsons, wherever they're at church. Three of them are there, and two of them are up at Edmond. But the reality is, he is everywhere by his spirit. That means that he can, we can anoint with oil, we can pray for healings here, and he can do healings here, he can do healings over there, he can do healings over there, he can do healings over there. Anybody say amen? amen. That's these works and greater, yes. greater, because there's so many. Yes. If you're here this morning, you would like prayer, I'd like to invite you to come and stand right here with me. I want to anoint you with oil, and we're going to pray for God to minister specifically to your need. My brother shared with me that he needs a healing touch. I know there's other needs. Uh, our worship team's going to go right back into worship. I'd like to ask the deacons to come and stand behind each one of these. My wife's going to come. Deacons' wives, please, you come too. Uh, we're going to anoint with oil. We're going to pray for God to minister as only God can. God bless your heart.
Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for being our answer. Lord, we don't want to be like the nine lepers, but we want to be like the one. The one that came back and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We know from where our blessings come. We declare our blessings come from the Lord. And may you be blessed. May you be magnified. May you receive all the glory. Bless your name. Bless your name. God is good. Amen. All the time, all the time. Bless your heart. You can be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers, if you would, please come and prepare yourself to receive the Sunday morning tithe and offering. Paula, would you please bring that to me, dear? I don't want to navigate these uh, steps again. I'm getting better, but if I can avoid it, I'm going to avoid it. God is good. We had a couple of people ask us how the drive is going coming down from Mustang and I said, we about got it memorized, <laughs> you know. We got that road pretty well memorized by now. Uh, we get to Paul's Valley, and I turn to Paul, we're almost there. We're almost there. And Paul's, Paul's Valley, is that's our mark. Thank God for his faithfulness. I'm going to ask for a testimony. I'm not going to catch you off guard, so I, I kind of get your attention first. I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I want a response if you're not ashamed to respond, and that is, how many people here can say that God has taken good care of you? Let you give a testimony. Say, we hold up our hands as a testimony. I say, God has taken very good care of me. I tell you, I have found that it is easier to live on 90% than it is to live on 100%. Yeah. Amen. You know, and that sounds crazy. I mean, by the world's standards and by, uh, you know, if you are in you're into uh, accounting, or if you're into economics, the reality for some guy to stand, man, I can live better on 90% than I can live on 100%. Well, the difference is God. Yes. Because when we give that that belongs to God, to God, it already is His. We're, we're not giving Him something that is not His. We're, we're just relinquishing our ownership and giving it to Him. And did you hear something there? Because there's a tithing principle. The moment you put it in the offering bag, you relinquish ownership you give it back to God. So don't try to be telling people how to spend it. Are you ready? I relinquish ownership. Um, I, so what we do is we, we give our tithe. I've given you plenty of time to be able to get your check written. That's what pastors do. That's why we kind of talk a little bit there. Okay, now let's have a prayer. Father, I pray your blessing upon the offering. I pray, Father, that you would honor the giver. Lord, I pray for the giver. Lord, they give because you've told us to, and they give because it's your principle, it's your precept, and they give because they want to honor you, 
and receive your blessing. So, Father, bless the giver. We pray that, Lord, you would honor them, that their car would run better, that the washing machine would quit knocking. We pray that, Father, things would last longer because of you. So, Father, you honor them, you bless them, and you provide for them. And may every penny be used under the wisdom and the leading of your Holy Spirit. May every penny of this church be directed to your plan, your purpose, and your will be done. So, Father, bless the church, bless the finances. In Jesus' name, amen. you very, very much. Bless your heart. Would you be a blessing, please, to your musicians? God bless them. God is very faithful. I'm excited about you having a candidate next week. That is such a blessing. And uh, the deacons we visited in the foyer, just for you to know, um, the gentleman may be a, a week or two in between. Uh, if you vote him in, then he may have to go back to his church and and have a time frame. I told the deacon board, I'll just work with you, whatever I need to do to be able to get you through this. That's, that's my objective. Uh, I'll come back a week or two if you'll let us. I feel like we've made a connection, you know, and I, I'm enjoying coming and preaching to you. You're, you're kind of fun to preach to, uh, for the most part, you know. Uh, but at the same time, if you just know Paul in our heart, we want to come and be with you, see you through this time. I got a key in my pocket, to, just so you know. Uh, when I walk in, Brother Randy gives me a key to the youth chapel area, and Paul and I, we go to a local restaurant, have lunch. We come back, go into the youth chapel, and kind of hang out for a while, take a nap. You know, afternoon naps serve God. Yes. I go lay before the Lord. Yeah, and, uh, and so we go have a nap over there and then we kind of study, get prepared and get ready to come again tonight. I have a real important message for you tonight. I would really like to invite 100% of you to be back tonight. Uh, I don't preach long. I think you've seen that, but I, I believe in getting out, you know, getting it said and getting it done and then getting in the altars. And so that's exactly what I want to do this morning and also tonight. If you've come to church and you expect to just sit and not participate, you've come to the wrong place because we want you to participate. This is not a spectator sport. This is you get involved. And so if you would, please let me preach to you. And I've got a very, could you bring up that back screen for me, please, brother? I've got a very important message, I think, for the church. And if you'll notice with me the title of it, and it's this, questions prior to to your answer. I believe there have been a number of questions that have been in the hearts and the minds of this body for the last few months. But I'm gonna take you this morning with this message to a place that 
may be individually and collectively as a body, there's some questions that you need to have prior to your answer. And I find a, a story in 2 Kings chapter 4 that so illustrates this point. So I'm going to ask you, is there something this morning that you're seeking God for? Uh, look at me. There's nobody here but us. You can talk to me. Is there something that you personally are seeking God for? Uh, are you seeking God for a healing? Our brother here needs a healing. Are you seeking God for the healing of your mother going through a knee surgery tomorrow? We, we touch faith together. Healing of the back, back pain, needing God's touch. Uh, there's some needs that were shared with me in the prayer line. I know some of you are seeking for the salvation of a lost child, a lost grandchild. You're seeking God for that. And so I'm asking you, are there some things that you're seeking God for individually? I can tell you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, some things that the body is seeking God for. Uh, I believe you're seeking God for the right pastor. I believe you're seeking God for revival, for an awakening to come to this church. I believe, and, and if you're not, I'm going to tell you, you need to be. I believe you're seeking God for some young people to come in. Can anybody say amen? We, we, you need to get a youth pastor. You need to get a children's pastor. You need to get families in here. Because this church is only going to last as long as the youngest member. Amen. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, I go to some churches, and they're all gray heads. And the reality is, and when the youngest one's 80 years old, uh, you've got about 5 or 10 years, and this church is going to close. Right. Are you with me? So we need to reach this younger generation for Jesus Christ. I know there's things about the younger generation some of us grayheads don't like, and we say, boy, that's crazy, and that's, I don't like that. But the reality is that's how it's always been. You know, if you if you'll chart music, because one of the hangups a lot of folks have with, is with music, but if you'll chart music in the Assemblies of God, the Assemblies of God went crazy when people started bringing out guitars and drums. They thought it was crazy, man. And we, we were, some of you are nodding because you remember that, man. We have backslidden because there's drums on the platform and there's guitars. Anything but a piano or an organ was unacceptable. Anybody remember those days? Okay, thank God we changed. You got to be willing to change. Now, there's things that maybe the gray heads may not like, but the reality is you got to get ready for it if you want the young people to come. And we want the young people to come. We're praying for it, amen. Okay, I went down, I made about half a dozen people mad at me right then, but that's okay. You're not, you're not voting on me anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if you would, find your Bible and find, please, 2 Kings chapter 4. Father, I pray your anointing upon your word. May your word come alive and may there be anointing upon the ear to receive and the heart to receive and then the life to act upon. And may there be an anointing upon the speaker to speak. So Father, your word, your will, your way in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a statement I can make to you beyond a shadow of a doubt, and it's this. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to bless you. Can you say amen? amen. I know some of you are not ameners, but some of you are. But uh, if you would kind of break out of your comfort zone for a moment, if you agree with me, can you say amen? amen. God wants to bless me. Here's some scriptures. Take a picture of that. If you don't have those already memorized, it's this. Psalms 37 and 25. I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed, his descendants, begging bread. Thank God for that promise. Psalm 84 and 11, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He wants you to enjoy, if you're a golfer, he wants you to enjoy golf. 
If you're a fisherman, he wants you to enjoy. I'm not a golfer nor a fisherman, either one. But there's things, I love motorcycles. I love anything with a motor on it. I love jet skis and, and I love fast cars. And I've got a BMW Z4 sports car, retractable hardtop, and I can talk cars with you all day long. But the reality is, this is what God wants. He wants me to enjoy things. Don't be an old snoot. It's not wrong to have fun. Fun is not a dirty word. See, notice with me, Psalms 84 and 11, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Uh, Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. First Timothy 6 and 17 tells us God gives us richly all things to enjoy. You know, if you're a, I love snow skiing or did before I got gray headed, but the, the reality is, man, I believe those Breckenridge was created for me to enjoy. Winter Park was created for me to enjoy. Any, can you say amen? Uh, I talked to some that are getting ready to go on spring break and going to uh, Florida area and to Alabama to Gulf Shores, and that was created for you to enjoy it. Uh, notice the scripture. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Proverbs 15 and 15 says, call upon the day, call upon the Lord, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. So the point is this, God wants to bless you. I can even kind of get out on the limb here and I can say, God wants to bless this church. God wants to take this church, I believe, to where the future is better than the past. I, I believe that greater days are ahead for this church. God wants to bless you. God wants to provide for you. God wants to send a spirit of revival to you. I believe that Lone Grove needs your voice. This school right over, I think I'm pointing right. Is the school over there? The school? Okay, you're, oh, is it over there? Man, I am strictly turned around. It's over there, okay. Well, uh, it, that school needs you. With you this close to the school, let me tell you, you need to be uh, in the school. You need to be there, and when you get a youth pastor, the first thing he needs to do is go into the school, go to the desk and see the secretary and take her some, some candy, take her some flowers and say, hey, my name is Joe. I'm the new youth pastor over at Long Grove Assembly of God Church. Because, listen, it is not the principal who runs the, the school, it's the secretary. <laughs> And you want to get in with, trust me, I've had ministry, Youth Alive Ministries in many schools, and you get in those schools, and then you can get those kids from there to come into here. And that's what you want. Anybody say amen? So my point is, God wants to bless you. But there's some questions you need to be asking. And I find those questions, if you will, in this little brief story, one that's very familiar to you, 2 Kings chapter 4. It says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. That's a desperate situation. Yeah. Verse 2, so Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, here's these questions. What do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then Elisha said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. 
then pour it, pour that oil into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him. She left that setting. She left that interaction with Elisha. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, told Elisha, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Don't you love that story? Now, in that story, I see some questions that you need to be asking right now as a body and as an individual wanting an answer from God. Here's, here's the questions you need to be able to answer. These are questions you need to be able to answer. Question number one, and that is, is this. What is your need? What do you want God to do? What is your need as a body? I think we've talked about it as a church body. And what is your need individually? Here, a prophet's widow had a critical need, and, and there on the screen, notice with me, her husband was a servant of Elisha, and now he was dead. Without the income of her husband, she was unable to pay her bills, just obvious. She had been notified the creditor was coming to take her sons, her two sons, into slavery in order to pay the debt. And so the reality is, her need is critical. I, I, there's very, most of you ladies, there, there's very few scenarios that you could think of that would be worse than this. Husband dead, uh, a debt can't be paid, son's about to go into slavery. Now, I don't know about you, but for me personally, COVID was awful. Yeah. I was a pastor at Chickasha uh, when COVID hit. And, and I've got to tell you, one of the worst damaging things that I've ever seen to the church in my lifetime was COVID, COVID-19. It damaged, it damaged the church terribly. Um, one thing that we did learn, and, and I give you that statement before I make the statement, because there was one thing that we learned from COVID. We learned what we don't need. Are you with me? There's a lot of things that shut down with COVID. We thought we needed it, but you know what? We really didn't need it. You know, I, I even heard a college um, football coach say, we need football. And I'm going to tell you, we didn't need it. No. Are you with me? Uh, there's a difference between wanting something and needing something. And we didn't need Hollywood and movies. Why? Because you couldn't go. The theaters were shut down. We didn't need amusement parks. Why? Why can I say that? They were shut down. You couldn't go. So if there was one thing that COVID-19 taught us, it taught us what we really need. And I'm going to tell you, church, we really need God. We need God. You know, when it gets down to not wants and not desires and just what, man, I couldn't survive without it. We need God. See, the question to you as a body and as an individual is, what is your need? See, God's people do have needs. You can be a, a wonderful Christian living a devoted Christian life. And, and let me sp speak to some of you women and some of the marriages that are here. 
You can be a woman that's living in obedience to God. You can be a strong woman in Christ and have a lousy marriage because your husband's not obedient to God. What I find in all the promises of God's word, the only promises that are dependent upon someone else's obedience is marriage. Marriage, your marriage being healthy and strong is dependent upon your spouse being obedient to God. You know, the scriptures tells us that for this cause, you'll leave father and mother, be joined to your wife and two become one. And there's some tremendous promises for the marriage. But the reality is, men, you can be a devout man of God living for Jesus Christ, your, your heart and life sold over to God and still have a lousy marriage because your wife's not obedient to God. And so please understand with me, there are good people, godly people who have problems who have terrible circumstances in their lives. Uh, people living holy and acceptable to the Lord still get sick. Right. You know, there's a teaching that says, well, if you're close enough to God and you have enough faith, you'll never get sick. I'm going to tell you that's a lie. Uh, they've not read about Epaphroditus who was sick. He took, if you remember with me, he took a gift of money to Paul while in a Roman prison. When he left the Roman prison, he had a little postcard called the Philippian letter. And he took that Philippian letter back to the church at Philippi. And that was Epaphroditus. And in that letter, Paul said, Epaphroditus is near unto death for the cause of Christ. He got sick. Epaphroditus. And so the reality is Epaphroditus was exactly where God wanted him, was doing exactly what God wanted him to do, and he still got sick. Right. There have been good people that I've known that died of COVID. Yeah. How many people in this congregation, you know someone who died of COVID? You can hold up your hand. See, and they, and they weren't all sinners. See, one of the things that we're also learning with COVID is, is this. End time events will hit even the church. Uh, wars, rumors of war. Jesus, Matthew 24. Wars, rumors of wars. Nation against nation. King against kingdom. Man in relationship with man. Man in relationship with the environment. Famines, pestilences, which is diseases. Earthquakes. Man in relationship with the environment. Man, in relationship with God, three categories is uh, the hearts of many will wax cold. You'll preach the gospel and they'll be on their iPhone looking at their Facebook posts. They'll yawn in your face. You know, the, the, the hearts of many will wax cold, but at the same time, the gospel is going to be preached worldwide. Right. And we see that today. We're living in the last days. But let me tell you, when there's wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, it's not just evil people going to die at war. It's going to be some of your grandkids, some of my grandkids, some people that love Jesus. So please understand, uh, the reality is we're living in an hour where we've got to understand what we truly need. The Lord did not promise us that we would be free from the troubles, but he did give us some tremendous promises. Look at the screen with me. Here's some of them. That you would be a conqueror, Romans 8 and 37 that you would be an overcomer, 1 John 5 and 4. Uh, he promised that his stripes would provide for your healing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, 24. He promised that you sh should be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, Ephesians 3 and 16. He promised that you can do all things through Christ who is your strength. That, that is Philippians, if you will please, chapter 4, verse 15, 13. Uh, he promised that the armor of God will protect you in Ephesians chapter 6. He promised that your weapons are mighty in God, even to the pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. 
He promised you and me that his grace is sufficient. Can you say amen? No matter what the problem is, and if it's COVID wars, and if it's China, or if it's Korea, if it's the next atomic bomb that's going to go off, he promised his grace is sufficient. No matter what I face, no matter what I'm going through, diagnosis of cancer, diagnosis of whatever, the reality is his grace is sufficient. But what this indicates is this, there's going to be hard times. Because just common sense, now I come from, if you will, my background is the Tulsa area. Tulsa is not far from Broken Arrow, and Broken Arrow, even closer, is Coweta, where I pastored for 17 years. That's not far from Raymond Bible College. Uh, Raymond Bible College has some good teaching that comes from it, but there's people that take that teaching and take it one step further, which is wrong. And that is, is this, I will tell you, even as a Christian, you're going to have hard times. Why would the Lord give us these promises if he didn't expect us to need them? Uh, why would he say that we, we have armor, that we have weapons, that we have warfare, that we have healing, uh, that we're overcoming with our faith, that we have a conquering? Why would he say that if he didn't know he was going to need it? And so I'm going to tell you, we need it. Uh, the question is, what is your need? Uh, consider this. It's on a cloudy day that God's love and mercy shines the brightest. Uh, consider this. It's in the midst of a storm that God's peace can bring the greatest calm. Uh, it, it is in a time of need that God's supply becomes so sufficient. Church, I want to encourage you. We preached last Sunday evening of spiritual fatigue. And the reality is it's time for us to shake off the fatigue. It's time for this church to get excited about the next phase, the next chapter. It's time for you to get on fire for God and ready for what God's going to do. Uh, in a time of trouble, God's grace, God's power becomes even more precious to the believer. There's things that you learn, and please, just see if you agree with me. There's things that you will learn while going through a difficult time that you would have never learned had you not experienced it. Are you with me? Uh, by us going through difficult times, see, uh, there's, I don't think there's any millionaires in here, right? No millionaire, maybe, is there any? Yeah, let me tell you this, if there is, you're not paying your tithes. <laughs> Boy, that kind of got in the back door, didn't it? So nobody here was born with a silver spoon in your mouth to where you didn't have to work and everything came to you easy. Uh, a lot of you, you have what you have because you bucked up, sucked up, and got a job. You worked hard and you did it. You know, and that's me personally. And the reality is, is this. We worked hard, we achieved, God blessed us, and thank, for, thank God for that. But there was things that you and I learned in going through those difficult times that we would have never learned them had we not experienced it. Right. See, pe people that have money, born into money and never have to work, and uh, they have a lifestyle that they have no clue about the things that you know about yeah. because you experienced it. Yeah. Okay, now take that. Now, please look at me and please hear this. This church, the last few months, has gone through the pits. Yeah. Let's just be honest. You know, it's not been fun. Nobody's enjoyed it. Anybody say amen? amen. Well, thank God. But you got through it. Uh, now you're getting ready to get a new pastor. But you, you got it through it. I'm going to tell you, this church knows things that a lot of churches don't know. 
you can band together. Please come tonight because I want to talk to you about unity. But you can band together and you can make it, you can weather. If, if we can get through this, we can get through anything. Are you with me? Please, you've learned something by going through a time of difficulty. Number one question, what is your need? The next question is, what do you have? I'm going to tell you, this church has more than what you really think you do. Um, This is a good church. Uh, Whoever comes as your pastor is going to be honored to be your pastor. Um, Verse 2, Elisha asked, what do you have in the house? He was in essence saying this, what are your resources? What do you have that God can use? What is in your possession that has potential for a miracle? He was asking, what has been overlooked in your house that can possibly turn this around? And I'm going to take those same questions and I'm going to ask this church. Consider this. Somewhere there's a resource in this church. There's a resource that can be a greeter out front. There's a resource that can be a usher. There's a resource that can volunteer to help in the children's ministry. There's a resource that God can use in the youth ministry. Thank you for those thunderous amens. Uh, I believe that there is something that God can use in Lone Grove. See, uh, there's a misconception that God calls the qualified. And let me tell you, one of the worst things you can do is say, oh, I'm all qualified. No, you're not. You don't have a rip. You you don't know a rip what's going to happen next. And and so the reality is, is God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. And if you're here this morning, you say, well, I could never do that. I could never do it. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're right where you need to be because you could never do it. But God working through you, you can do it. And so my, my question is, is this, what is the resource here that maybe you've not, not even used yet? Um, there is potential somewhere for a miracle. There's a potential in this church for a miracle. Man, I'm wanting the miracles to come to Lone Grove Assembly of God Church for this church to boom. And, and then and you're running 500, you know, this time next year and me, I was there last year. I like those people, and they like me. Uh, consider with me. Something or someone can be used by God to turn this thing around. Are you with me? Someone, something, the Holy Spirit, number one, can be used by God to turn this around. Um, verse 2, the widow's answer was, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. I want you to notice the jar of oil represented a starting point. All all I've got, she said nothing before she even referred to what she had. I've got nothing in the house, but. And so it was so insignificant, it came almost as a second thought. I have nothing in the house, but this little jar of oil. The jar of oil at first was minimal. If you will, at first, the jar of oil would not meet the need. The jar of oil was what? It was a little jar of oil, and it was not going to accomplish anything concerning her need. But 
there had to be a starting point for the miracle. Right. I'm going to tell you, church, there's got to be a starting point for the miracle that God wants to bring to Lone Grove Assembly of God Church. There's got to be a starting point. I, I love it if, say, two years from now, you look back and go, there was our starting point. There's where God really began to move. Right there's when we see the breakthrough. And the man, God began to bless Lone Grove. And man, we blew up from there. There's got to be a starting point. If you'll notice with me, this is very biblical. And that is, there was a new bowl and salt that healed water. That was the starting point. Was well, the starting point was some salt in a bowl in 2 Kings 2 and 20. Uh, there was flour that healed poison stew, 2 Kings 4 and 40. There was dipping seven times in the nasty Jordan River that healed of leprosy, 2 Kings 5 and 14. There was a stick. God can use anything. Uh, what I'm kind of working against is you saying, well, God can't use me. Hush. God spoke through a donkey. And if God can use a jackass, he can use you. Can you say Amen. Uh, he used a stick to cause an axe to float. Uh, catching a fish provided for a temple tax. Man, when you look at that miracle of Jesus, uh, go catch a fish, and all of the elements that had to come together, because he was catching a fish on a hook. And the fishermen then didn't fish that way. They fished with nets. But he said, take the hook. Jesus gave the instructions. Take this hook, go cast it, and then the fish that you catch, pull it up, open its mouth, and there's going to be a coin, and go pay the tax. And when you look at all the dynamics, the fish had to be tracked to the hook. Miracle number one. Uh, the fish had to have a coin in its mouth. Miracle number two. Uh, he had to be able to catch the fish. Miracle number three. The coin had to be enough to pay the temple tax. Are you with me? Uh, and don't, don't say God can't, because God can. He can put all the elements together to be able to accomplish his end, his purpose, what he wants to do. If you will, rising and picking up a bed turned into walking. The guy, what, what if the guy said, you don't understand. I'm lame. I can't pick up my bed and walk. He, he could have done that. Jesus said, rise, pick up your bed and walk. But, 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 Lord, you don't understand my situation. Quit giving God excuses. You, you need to be just fresh out of excuses. Uh, notice with me, spit, clay, and washing healed blindness. Again, the guy could say, don't put that in that stuff on my eyes. I saw you spit in the dirt and made that. Are you with me? Sometimes you get dirty in ministry. You know, it, it's not all fun and games. Uh, notice with me, beginning to walk to the priest brought healing for 10 lepers, Luke chapter 17 and 14. So this is a biblical principle. And that is, what do you have? What do you have that God can start with? If you'll notice Luke 17 and 6, it says, So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, there's a, there's a starting point. You may say, well, I don't have great enough faith to believe that God's going to do that. Well, start somewhere. A mustard seed is very, very small. 
And notice with me. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be placed in the sea, and it would obey you. The challenge from Jesus is start somewhere. Uh, Elisha, verse 2, Elisha asked her, what do you have? She had one jar of oil. In her preparing for a blessing, there needed to be this starting point from which the blessing could come. I, I'm going to tell you, this is a principle in God. If you want God to bless you, uh, you need to be willing to take a step of faith. You need to be willing to step out, out of your comfort zone. Uh, understand, it started with one jar of oil, one obedient heart, one faith-filled mother, one believer wanting change. I believe many of you are in this church right now and you're saying, we want to change. Yeah. And thank God you do, because you don't want to continue like it is now. The reality is you need a pastor, you need direction, you need somebody that's got a, a vision from God for this body. You, you need a youth ministry, you need a children's ministry. This needs to be alive, needs to be vibrant, needs to go forward for the kingdom of God. You know that, but you, know, you need a change. She, she was asked, what do you have? And what she had was not of much material value until God blessed it. And I'm going to tell you the same thing. What you have is not, you know, really that great. You know, your ability, your intellect and uh, your charisma. Yeah, thank God you got what you do. But let me tell you, you can't really do a whole lot with that. But if you'll give God what you have and let God bless what you have, and then God can take it and multiply it and make it something of value for his kingdom. Amen. See, God took her one jar of oil and used it to bring her blessing. The question again is, what do you have? You may say, I don't have much. Well, that's fine, because God can start with not much and make a lot. Um, let me tell you what you do have. You have, exact, you have exceedingly great and precious promises. Let me tell you what you do have. You have promises from God for this church that are yes and amen. Let me tell you what you do have. You have a promise from God to deal with every problem in your future. No matter what problem you have tomorrow, trust me, there is a promise in the Word of God for every problem that's going to come your way. So there's not an excuse. I'm trying my hardest to preach you out of excuses. Amen. In her preparation for her miracle, she needed to know what she had. So question number one, this is questions you're going to have to answer. What is your need? What do you want God to do? I want God to save my kids. I want God to save my grandson. I want God to save my husband. God to save my wife. I want God to provide for me. I want God to meet this financial need. I want God to give me direction so I would know what his will, his plan. What school do I go to and what college am I going to? Do I go Votech? What? I, I, I need God's direction. Are you with me? Amen. My question is, what do you need? My second is going to be, what do you have? What do you have that God can bless towards that answer of that need? Are you with me? Evaluate what I have. And then the last, if you will, here's the very last question you've got to ask and, that is, and be able to answer, and that is, what must you do? You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to get up off your blessed assurance. Are you with me? And do something. Um, 
by faith, the woman gathered empty vessels. I learned a biblical principle about the Holy Spirit here. And please note it. By faith, the woman gathered empty vessels. By faith, the woman began to pour the oil. This is all by faith. As she poured the oil, the oil multiplied, and all the containers were full. Are you with me? God honors our steps of faith. God's going to honor your faith as, as you begin to step out by faith. Man, I believe God wants me to do that. Just step out by faith. Naaman the leper could have refused to wash himself in the Jordan River. Okay, you got to step out by faith. The blind man could have refused the clay. Understand, the lame man could have refused standing up and carrying his bed. Uh, the ten lepers could have refused to show themselves to the priests. They were healed as they went. Yeah. Are you with me? Please understand, they each did what they were told to do. Church, you're going to have to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Amen. It is the Holy Spirit's voice that you need to hear. It is His voice that you need to obey. In verse 3, notice with me, Elijah told her, go borrow vessels from everywhere. He put no limitation on it. From all your neighbors, empty vessels. The only instruction was, don't gather just a few. In other words, go get a lot. Go, go get a lot. That was the only instruction. Verse 4, and when you have come in, you shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels, however many you get, and set aside the full ones. And then it says, and so she went from him. So she hears this instruction from Elisha, and Elisha tells her exactly what to do. Go get these vessels, empty vessels, not a few. Bring them all into your house and start pouring the oil. And she says, okay, okay. And then she left Elisha. The miracles are dependent upon her doing what she was told to do. Are you with me? She had to do something. Uh, she was given clear instruction. Now, lady, go do this, okay? If the woman wanted to change to her circumstance, she would get the empty vessels, she'd go into her house, start pouring the oil, just exactly like she was instructed. Okay, now notice this with me. You have been told what to do. You have no excuse. It's, well, I wish God would speak to me. God has spoke to you. And if you note, Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek the Lord while he can be found. Call upon him while he's near. Pray and seek the Lord for Long Grove Assembly of God Church. Amen. Jeremiah 29 and 12 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God wants you to seek him with all your heart. Uh, Mark 11 and 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Seek the Lord. Yeah. You know what to do. If you're not praying for the revival of this church, the restor restoration of this church, shame on you. Amen. You know what to do. Uh, John 16, 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Yeah. But, uh, you know what to do. Just seek God and ask. Uh, notice with me, this is something that we desperately need in our country. We know why our country's in such a mess, and it's because Christians are not doing what we're supposed to do. If, if you'll note with me, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Our land is not healed yet because we, the Christians, are not doing what we know we got to do. We've got to seek God for a change in America. God wants to bring it. But if my people, that's us, that's us Christians, if Long Grove Assembly of God Church will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, then I will heal your church and I'll set it ablaze on fire for Jesus Christ. We've got to seek him first. We know, we know what we're supposed to do. Now, for the widow, God's provision was enough to pay her debt and to provide a livelihood for her and her sons. Uh, notice with me, question. When did the oils stop flowing? Notice with me, it's on the board there. Look at the board, verse 6. Verse 6 tells me when the oil stopped flowing. It says when the last vessel, remember, he said, go get a bunch. He didn't say, go get 10, go get five. He said, just go get a bunch. And she got, however number she got, because it's not given, however many she got, she got by faith. And she brought all these empty vessels. And then the reality is the oil flowed as long as there was an empty vessel. Are you with me? As long, and, and the moment, notice again, verse six, it says, now it came to pass when the vessels were full, all of these vessels that she got, that she said to her son, bring another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another one. So the oil ceased. I believe that if she had five more vessels, it would have filled five more. I believe if she had 10 more, it filled 10 more. Because the, the flow of oil didn't stop until the last vessel that was empty was full. Amen. I learned a principle there. To, please get this, church. Note with me. The oil flowed as long as there was vessels to hold it. Yes. God responds to emptiness. Amen. We limit God when we don't bring more emptiness. God doesn't want to hear where you've come from and what you've done and how much money you got. We don't want to put a plaque up that you donated this or you did that. What God responds to is your emptiness. Amen. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, don't come into the presence of the Holy Spirit and tell him who you are, what you've done, what you've accomplished. Come into the presence of the Holy Spirit empty. I am nothing. I am a nobody. I can accomplish nothing without you. There's nothing of value in my life without you. I am empty. And the more emptiness we bring to him, the more infilling we receive from him. What God is looking for in Lone Grove Assembly of God Church is a whole bunch of people that recognize their spiritual poverty. Remember Jesus' teaching from that Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that really mean? Blessed are those who understand their spiritual poverty. Blessed are those who recognize you are nothing without God. We've got to bring, as a church and as an individual, we've got to bring our emptiness. Here's an empty vessel. 
I'm not telling you how long I've preached, how long I've been a pastor. I'm not telling you how I've lived for you. That, that, that means nothing. I'm bringing you just a vessel that wants to be full and overflowing with your presence. Because I am nothing without you. See, understand, church, individually, this is you personally and as a body. Here's, here's some questions you, you've got to be willing to answer. And that is, what is your need? What is it that you want God to do? You've got to get specific with God. I want God to do this in our church. I want God to do this in my life. What is it that you want from God? What is your need? The next is, what do you have? What do you have that God can use? What do you have that God can bless? What do you have? And don't, don't ever come to God and say, well, I don't have anything. I, 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 there's nothing in my life that you could use. You are insulting God. Because God created you. And you're telling, you're telling God, kind of, kind of like homosexual gay people do. They're insulting God because they're saying, God, you didn't create me right. God created you right. You just let the world mess you up. And when you come to God and say, God, you couldn't use me, you're doing the same thing. Now, I know you're a big old tough cowboy, but you're doing the same thing as a homosexual because you're insulting God because God did create you for a purpose. And God doesn't make junk. Ask yourself the question, what do I have? And then the last is this, what must I do? Because I'm going to tell you, God wants you to do something. As long as you're alive, as long as you keep drawing breath. Now, get rid of the old people excuse. Amen? If you're alive, God's not done with you. Okay? God's still got a plan and a purpose for you. And it may be a small or it may be tremendous, but the reality is God is a good God and he wants to use you. Let's have a prayer. Father, I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that there would be a hush, a hush of your presence that would touch our hearts. And Lord, we could see the right now the condition spiritually of this church and of us individually, that, Lord, we could understand and that, Lord, we'd be moved by your spirit. Lord, we believe with all of our heart that there's a work that you want to do. And, Father, we know and we hear your voice right now speaking to us. And there's some questions that you're wanting us to respond to. And, Lord, May you ask every individual under the sound of my voice, what is their need? God, do that work. Ask each one, what do they have? Ask each one. May, may they hear the question resounding and, and may, what, what do you want us to do? Father, I pray for the moving, moving of your Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray for individually, the, the individuals that are here this morning that need a miracle. Lord, we believe that you are a miracle-working God. That is the need. That is the need that they have. And Father, I pray for the church collectively. God, take this church forward in you. Father, minister openly, mightily, and specifically, we ask. 
with heads bowed and eyes closed, I first want to give an opportunity for salvation. There may be someone here this morning that you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I would, I would love to be able to lead you to Christ. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor Gary, what I need more than anything else is just someone to lead me to the Lord. I want to make Jesus not just a, a fire escape by which I miss hell, but I want to make him Lord of my life. And if that's you here this morning, you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I'd love to pray with you, with you seated right there where you are. I'm not going to ask you to walk to the front. I'm going to just lead you to Christ. I can't make receiving a gift too easy. It's a gift. And if you're here this morning, you say, I, I need to receive that gift. Would you hold up your hand right now? Now's the time. Because I just need to know you're here for me to lead you in that prayer. I want to give an opportunity for salvation. Any at all. Congregation, would you stand with me, please? God's not done. The Holy Spirit's not done yet. Amen. With your eyes open and you're looking at me, there's nothing wrong with looking around. Because I, I want to ask you a couple of questions, and that's this. How many people here this morning need a miracle healing touch? You know what you need. Hold up your hand. You need a healing touch from the Lord. God bless your heart. See, it's so good that you know what you need. You can put down your hand. How many people here know someone? You have someone in your life, someone you know that desperately needs Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They need to come to salvation. That's virtually every hand. Let me tell you, if your hand's not up, it should be because you need to know some people lost. One of the problems with the church is we're not making friends with sinners. They need you desperately. They need you to be their friend. And we need to know people that need Jesus. You're here this morning, you need a financial blessing. You need God to provide for you in a particular need. Would you hold up your hand? You need a financial blessing from the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. God bless your heart. See, what you're telling me is, is this. You're telling me, I know my need. I've got this need. I got this. I need a healing. I need this. I need that. And I, I just gave a few categories, and there's, they're endless, the categories of need. But listen, it's not important that you tell me. What's important is you tell him. Tell him. Answer the question, what do you need? And let him know exactly what it is. I need this. I need, I need, I need you to do this. And then what he's going to ask you is, well, what do you have? And what you've got to do is search your heart and say, well, we could use this and this to bring about that. And maybe I, maybe I do need to go play golf with him and, and be able to relax. Are you with me? Yeah. What do you have? And then you've got to do it. Let the Lord direct you. Uh, not man, let the Holy Spirit tell you. This is what you need to do. This is an altar call. This is a time when we're going to get into God's presence, allow the Holy Spirit to ask us these questions. And we're going to search our heart. and We're going to give him some answers this morning in prayer. One thing that I would love for you to pray about is this church and to ask these questions. I said personally and collectively, what does the church need? What do you have? You got a lot. What are you supposed to do? If you would, please come. Let's gather around the altar and pray. Father, your house now has turned into nothing more or less than a house of prayer. This is where, Father, now we seek you. This is, Lord, now when our focus goes to nothing but seeking you. 
And Lord, we allow these questions to, to resonate in our heart, in our mind of what do I need? And Lord, now we communicate to you, Lord, I need healing. I, I need the salvation of my grandson. I need the salvation of my wife and my husband. I, I, I need your financial blessing. I, I need to know your will. I need to, you to open a door of opportunity. I, I, Lord, you're asking us. And as a body of believers, what do we need? We need that right pastor, Lord. We need a rich anointing. We need an empowering of your Holy Spirit. We need volunteers, Father. We need laborers in the field, Father. We need. And Lord, may we hear the question of, what do we have? Uh, may they, may it, people understand that they have a gift. They have an ability to be able to greet people in the foyer. They, they have an ability to be able to hold a baby and rock a baby. And uh, they have an ability to keep a nursery. And uh, they have an ability to be able to work with children. And, Lord, may we ask that question and may your Holy Spirit cause it to resonate in our hearts. What do I have? And then, Lord, may we hear that question of what do I need to do now? It's time. It's urgent. Oh, it's so urgent. There's got to be somebody willing to do something. May your Holy Spirit speak to us, Father. We want to hear your voice, and Lord, we want to obey. Take this church, Father, from where it is to where you want it to be. May the future of this church be better than the past. May the best days be ahead. Father, have your way. Move by your Spirit. We seek you, Lord. We bring our emptiness. We're nothing without you. We can accomplish nothing without you. We bring our emptiness, Lord. Empty vessels, Lord, not a few. A church house full of empty vessels seeking you. Seeking you, Lord, seeking you. Seeking you. Seeking you.